TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. We do welcome you to the Two Guys and a Mike show here on the TalkZone.com as that fine uh, introducer man, whoever that might be, uh, mentioned. Thank you so much for joining us. Beautiful, beautiful Tuesday here on the fine city of Chicago. The coach and the big dog. I checked my microphone levels here with you up until 12, or not 12 o'clock, 12 o'clock Eastern Time, 11 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Western Time. And if you're out in Afghanistan, I believe it is 3 in the morning. So we especially have to thank our Sports Talk fans out in Afghanistan for joining us in the middle of the night. The Big Dog and the coach talking NFL football playoffs, the Super Bowl to come. we got a lot of college basketball on the docket. We're going to have to get off the sports page as well today, David Olson. Uh, uh, we have uh, Oscar nominations to report, a little movie talk, and also, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Barack Obama makes his, uh, what, third State of the Union address tonight, right? The big State of the Union? Second? Third. Getting a quizzical look from David also, which I should be used to. I, I think it is his third. I believe it is third. Time yeah. flies when you're having fun, but uh, this is going to be an interesting one. So we'll do a little sports guys talk politics. But before we do that, let me welcome in my good partner, the stout one. He's mean, he's lean, and he's slightly keen. He's Joel Radwanski, better known to his female fans as the Big Dog. Big Dog, how are you? Coach, I've definitely been better. Obviously, the last couple of days have been very difficult as a Bears fan. And this morning, as I'm taking out the garbage, I picked up the garbage by by the plastic bag. You know how sometimes you got to like pull the actual garbage can off of the off of the garbage bag, right? Yep. Well, as it does it, it's stuck on it like usual, and for somehow it just slips off, hits my big toe, and, and and just drilled me in the in the toenail. I'm going to have to amputate my toenail today. Wow. Sometimes. Yeah, I'm in a lot of pain right now. Wow. I'm not kidding. On the big toe, no less. Mm-hmm. Wow, you're like uh, ex Chicago Cub. Uh... Superstar, much maligned now, but uh, Sammy Sosa, who had the famous big toe injury. He did? He had a big toe injury? Absolutely. This could be the second most famous big toe injury in Chicago, and I loosely uh, use the term sports history. But uh, you got a bandage? You got a little ice on it? What's your uh, first aid medical treatment as we speak? Well, uh, the nurse was here earlier, Coach, so that was very good for me. I've been putting ice on it, and I'm about to ice it again. Uh, I'm going to have to take this, this uh, the the toenail off, and Oof. that is not good. Wow, that is not good. Wow, so, are are you going to do it yourself? Or are you going to have uh, what's the nurse's name? Moon Lee or Moon Lit? No, 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 no. Well, look, so th- that was a different nurse, ah. and I, yeah, I was not dating Moon Lit. Okay, okay? <laughs> that was someone that was. Uh, this one shall be renamed nameless. She'll remain nameless, but okay. Um, yeah, so yeah, she was telling me what to do, and yeah, yeah. it wasn't. I'm serious. I'm, I can barely talk right now, Coach. I'm looking at it. It's all black and nasty. Uh, all right, well, not to completely gross out our fans, but I think what you want to do is soak it. Soak it. Get it real loose and squishy. You put a little Vaselinage. Maybe uh, if if Nurse Moonlit or whatever her name is has a little painkiller action, you could take that either orally or possibly anally. Either way, take the painkiller. And then you, you just got to kind of, again, I don't want to gross people out here, but just slide 
the toenail off, and you may have to pull and rip at the very end, Big Dog. Uh, I'm not looking forward to that. I think it's going to be a couple days before that actually happens, though, Coach. Yeah, yeah. Don't force the action. Let the in a sports term, let the game come to you. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, you don't (laughs) want to force the action, Coach. (laughs) Yes, David. No, your first bit of advice to soak it was absolutely right. You want to keep soaking that thing in as hot of water as you can stand. And okay. that'll soften up that whole area. Mm. And then okay. after you so you know, do that for a day or two, as long as you can do it, and then as soon as you pull it out of the water Ooh. is when you want to pull that toenail. Oh. So I shouldn't be icing oh. it then? Because I've been icing it. It does feel better after I ice it. Well, I think... Well, I'm just saying, you, 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 you ice it to keep the swelling down yes. and to, to get rid of that initial pain, but you are going to have to remove it at some point. Okay. Well, that's that's the whole key, Dr. David Olson, our producer here. If you, in fact, make the medical decision, Big Dog, that you are going to remove the nail, then that's where the hot water uh, soothing treatment comes. However, however, if you haven't made that decision yet, then um, yeah, ice it and keep the swelling down as key thing. Once you make the critical move, once you make the critical decision to remove the uh, toenail, then the diagnosis, the prognosis, the solution to it becomes a different modus operandi. Gotcha, Coach. I'm glad you do because I have no idea what I just said. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I understand what's going on right now. I just, I'm going to have to deal oh, with it. So, and goodness. I was actually going to plan. I was going to run a little bit today, mm-hmm. do a couple jumping jacks, you know, a couple deep knee bends. I can't do any of that, Coach. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe, maybe some of our morning uh, morning break. Maybe some of our talkzone.com. Two guys in a mic of folks out there got some medical advice for Joel, hopefully accurate. But even if it's inaccurate or the humorous variety, feel free to. Uh, Send them suggestions. Uh, I know our listeners are always willing to help out. 888-463-6748. That's our phone number. You can always email us here at Mike2GuysAOL.com. M-I-C and the number two, Mike2GuysAOL.com. Big Dog, I thought you were going to tell me you were down and you're having a tough day because of the Bears loss. I will tell you this. I I, I didn't have the 24-hour rule. I had about the 12-hour rule. I mean, as, as painful as that loss was, I'm over it. My bounce-back ability on this particular game is uh, like 98.5%. I'm over it. I'm ready to move on. I'm worried about my uh, college basketball brackets at this point. Well, uh, I, you know, I love college basketball, but I'm definitely not over it whatsoever. It's funny you said you want to talk a little NFL playoff football. You know, a uh, key to doing a good radio show is having energy and passion and all that. Yep. I, I'm, I'm not ready to talk. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers versus the other team. No, yeah, I agree. Not at all. No, I mean, I, I, so don't even expect yep. me, to, me to do that. It, it was funny is because the nurse yesterday was like, oh, so can we start doing other things besides football? So we'd go out to the movies, and, of course, we had to go watch a sports theme movie, Fighter. And by the way, Coach, yes, unbelievable. I want to see that. That movie was unbelievable. Now, I don't. do you know who, who it's about? Um, No. I mean, it's I about, know it, it's not any kind of overly dramatic story it's just one of your typical from what i heard sports feel good stories but you know they don't get old they're really it's really well done do that huh who told you that typical feel good sports well what i I didn't mean was downright depressing who seriously somebody said that to you maybe feel good is the wrong word inspirational Okay, because it's about Irish Mickey Ward, and I, I, yes. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but Mickey Ward is the guy who fought yep. Arturo Gatti three times. It's the greatest yep. fights in the history of boxing. Yep. Well, his older brother, I had no idea, was Dick Yeckles. Okay, and by the way, Christian Bale, I had no—I thought he was a decent actor. Mm-hmm. You know, he, uh, you know, whatever. 
Well, they they showed Dickie Eccles at the end of the movie. He had him downright. He it was perfect, total, totally perfectly. He did Dickie Eccles. It was pretty funny. But it's basically about how uh, Mickey Ward's whole life was totally jacked up because uh, his mom like liked the older brother more, and uh, the older brother happened to be a crack addict. Dickie Eccles, who was like who bought Sugar Ray Leonard, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. The movie was incredible. I mean, he was like you talk about white trash and what this guy came from. That is like the epitome of white trash and the 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 what happens when everybody around you is a substance abuser and how it affects your life. And it like totally was and Mickey Mickey Ward was ten years behind in his career because of all the different people mm-hmm. that were just jacking his life up. It, 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 it's definitely not a feel good story, Coach. But definitely, basically these definitely. other people got their lives together and all of a sudden Mickey Ward's fighting for the championship. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember seeing some of those fights. A few of them live, but I, I remember watching, you know, just flipping around the channels. And you watch the replays of some of those on the ESPN Classics or whatever they might be. I mean, those literally, you watch the heavyweights today, you know, punch and a punch and a push and a hug and a separate by the referee. Those were some of the best athletic contests, some of the best boxing fights ever. The Arturo Gotti, Mickey Ward, I mean, those guys went after each other. Yeah, period. That, it, Ooh, it, good stuff. Uh, Arturo Ward... Uh, uh, the first one, Gotti Ward, number one, is the greatest fight in boxing history. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to say that it's, it's better than Hagler Hearns' number one. The Hagler Hearns fight yep. is one of the greatest of all time. I would have to say Gotti Ward, number one, best fight in the history of boxing who that, won, that I've seen. Who won the first one? Uh, Ward won the first okay, one. Okay, so Mickey Ward wins the first. Arturo Gotti wins number wins two. Two and three. Two and three. Yes. Any controversy on any of them? No, no, everybody was happy with all the decisions okay. on all of them. They were wars, Coach. Normally, like, you'll, you'll say, wow, that, that fighter threw 100 punches that round. That's as active as you'll ever see anybody. Well, in those fights, both of them were throwing 200 punches around. It was unbelievable. They wouldn't stop hitting each other. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was, it's unbelievable. What was the, uh, both in real life and in the movie, was there uh, mutual respect between the two fighters and their, their uh, many, many people that they have in their corner, literally and figuratively, or was there... The best way I can the best way I can tell you is uh, absolutely uh, Mickey Ward after the third Gotti fight realized that it's time to get out before he dies uh-huh. and then became Gotti's trainer really and then tried to convince Arturo Gotti after every one of his fights not before he wasn't one of those guys that were like you know I don't think you should fight this fight as soon as he decided to fight he was all in and then he, he but as soon as the fight was over Mickey Ward would beg him to, to quit. And Arturo Gotti right now, Coach, not exactly the sharpest tool in the in yep. the shed, if you know what I'm saying. He, yep. He's a little punch drug, so yep. he should have listened to Mickey Ward a couple fights earlier. I hear you. I hear you. The Oscar nominations, by the way, have come out. The movie you watched last night, Big Dog, one of ten, not five anymore, but ten uh, nominated best motion pictures for the year. So the fighter is right there. The gentleman you mentioned, Christian Bale, is up for best supporting actor. Yes, David. And heavily favored to win. Heavily? Heavily wow. favored to win. Over. Seriously, David, after watching that yesterday, I, I wouldn't have believed it until I thought he was unbelievable. He was unbelievable, Coach. Seriously. Now, should he have been potential no, he was, no, he was uh, lead actor? He was supporting because, no, he was supporting okay. actor, definitely. Actually, okay. he kind of was the lead. You're, you do have a good point. He kind of was the lead, but the movie was about okay. Mickey Ward, so and... I, I would have to, yeah. David, you're going to give that over to him over uh, Jeffrey Rush from the King's Rush from the King's speech and the uh, one of the greats of all time in chick flicks, Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo doesn't have a chance. He was Mark just Ruffalo. Kind of, it, I thought it was Ruffalo. I prefer to go with Ruffalo. 
Yeah, Christian Bale is <laughs> heavily heavily favored, but uh, Jeffrey Rush is a dark horse. Okay. Yeah. Now, right. did, did did the movie Black Swan get any uh, get any love? Quite a bit. Okay. Quite a bit. This is uh, he. Uh, Coach has got the list, but Black Swan best picture, best picture, best director, best actress. Uh, and maybe best uh, no not no I think that's it for that Natalie Portman for best actress and uh, Mila Kunis didn't get nominated Mia who Mila oh, why Kunis not? she's in it too oh yeah yeah she's the other oh oh you're not aware of this so there, there's some there's some there's some girl on girl love between uh, Natalie Portman and mm-hmm. Mila Kunis in this movie. Oh my goodness! I will, you know everybody's been telling me to go see it. It's like <laughs> one of the best movies of, of the last like five years. I, I just, by the way, those are two of the most beautiful women on the planet right there that you just named. I'm not kidding. Guys. Oh, beyond, beyond that particular scene, is it a movie that uh, the male commodity could enjoy? Uh, I don't know. I, I hear it's an excellent movie, and it's obviously okay. an excellent movie, but I've also right. heard it uh, described as an art house version of single white female. Yeah, Chet Kopic called me, left a message, was like, Big Dog, Redwanski. <laughs> Get your butt to the theater and see that black swan. <laughs> this topic. It hung up. I'm not kidding you. That that was the message. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I want to see it now. So, uh, now, d- guys, did everything go to 10 nominations or just best it's picture? It's just, just best picture. Okay. Just best, now, best picture. And that's, I mean, you've got five movies that have got a shot at winning and the other five that are, like, basically hit movies that just got nominated. Okay. Now, are they doing this just to try to sell more movie tickets? Well, they uh, they started it last year, and it was just it was <coughs> speculated that part of it was because uh, the Dark Knight didn't get nominated the year before, which it should have. That movie was phenomenal. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was, but it just it just didn't make the cut, and so. Um, there are several movies on there, and just off the top of my head, like I said, he's got the list in front of him, but like uh, Inception and Toy Story 3, mm-hmm. both nominated for Which Best aren't, Picture. aren't going to win. They're not going to win, Yeah, but they're very Winter, popular. Winter's movies. Bone is not. I never even heard of that movie. That's supposed to be fantastic. Okay. That's supposed to be fantastic. That's like an underdog flick. All right. So. 127 yeah, like Hours, Big Dog. That's the story of the, uh, and I remember reading the book. Of the mountain climber, Aaron. We had him actually on our old radio show. Aaron, I forget his last name, who got caught. He was climbing uh, by himself. Rock and he cut fell. his arm off, right? Is that the one? Yeah, exactly. After 127 hours, he made the decision. And he had to, uh, with, with not exactly the sharpest of instruments, cut his arm off. But that's supposed to be a pretty cool movie. James Franco getting an Academy Award nomination for lead actor in that. Oh, he's good. He's always in good stuff, James Franco. He's yep. been in a lot. He's been in hilarious movies and like mm-hmm. really touching movies. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, we'll see if we can find a movie where James Franco and uh, Colin Firth have guy on guy action, and maybe that'll be a good movie for the no, girls. They were dead broke back mountain coach. We don't need any more. Okay. <laughs> Almost forgot. And actually, I James Franco did have guy on guy action with Sean Penn a couple of years ago in Milk. Wow. Oh, that was James Franco in that. Yeah, it was his boyfriend. Okay. Yeah. Milk was a good movie, by the way. Very good. Yes, it was. Yeah, Sean Penn was outstanding. All right. Uh, so the Oscar nominations are out there, Big Doe. We'll talk about that. You uh, highly recommend. You've gone both thumb, thumbs up and possibly have a couple other digits for the movie Fighter, which you saw with uh, Moon Lee last night. No, no, please get the name right, Coach. I'm sorry. You don't know the name. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
888 It's a sports talk show, folks, but we get off the sports topic early and often. You want to talk movies and the Oscar nominations with us. Give us some recommendations, a thumbs up, or some movies not to see. Feel free to do it. Again, our phone number, 888 I think we're all burned out. I agree with you completely, by the way. We're not ready to talk to Pittsburgh on the um, yeah. Green Bay Packer matchup. we got the whole Jay Cutler controversy going on here in Chicago. That's getting a little bit old. Any you got any closing thoughts on that particular topic, Big Dog? Uh, leave the kid alone. I'm sick of it. You know, uh, I, I thought Jerry Angelo put it perfectly. So uh, other players are, are tweeting, saying that he quit, mm-hmm. and, you know, he's not a man. Okay, I thought, you know, they were part of the union, and you're supposed to organize and, and yep. back each other. Yep. And then he just stopped at that. I was like, oh, that's yep. perfect. That's perfect. I loved I loved uh, what Brian Urlacher said, what, what Chris Harris said. You know, I had my, I had different feelings about it, but hearing how strong mm-hmm. and how vigorous his teammates have come forward and been like, this is all a bunch of BS, I'm totally in Jay Cutler's mm-hmm. uh, yeah. corner now after hearing all of his well, teammates. Because a lot of teammates said didn't say a lot of good stuff about Jay Cutler two years ago. It wasn't like they were like, oh, he couldn't play. So they were like, this is a bunch of crap. He's the toughest player in this team. He would have been out there for us. I loved it. So I'm done with it. Jay Cutler, yeah. I obviously uh, was too hurt to play. Yeah, I'm in his corner as far as the injury thing. I completely agree with you. But that doesn't take away the fact that his performance way too many times is inconsistent and downright bad. And two, his attitude sucks. So those two things are still a problem with me. But I why, completely. Why, why do you say his attitude sucks? You don't, you don't, you're not with him in the huddle. You don't, not, you don't practice with him every day. Well, I know that. I'm just saying from my observations, he looks like a guy when he gets down. He stays down, doesn't pick up his teammate, doesn't look like he's having a lot of fun. I'm not going to question his toughness. On occasion, he throws some amazing passes. I think he's sloppy in his fundamentals. He doesn't have great attention to detail. And I just, you know, yeah, I'm not in there every day. So it's a judgment from afar, I agree. So from afar, what appears to me is his attitude stinks. Okay, I'm just going to throw this out there. The only thing that we know is that his fundamentals are lacking. You you can't now you can't not watch a Bears game yeah. and say oh I don't know if the fundamentals are any good no they're bad mm-hmm. okay the other stuff though coach I, I, I it's kind of, that's very very that's like, as a, in the terms of like football terms what you're saying is like calling somebody like a racist or a communist or something like that mm-hmm. I mean that's like as bad as you can get you know when you start questioning attitude and heart and and, and whether or not like he quits and or he's a good leader with his teammates. So, I mean, like, in order to say that, I mean, I think you got to have 100% proof. You know, it's mm-hmm. funny. He was mic'd up the Buffalo Bill game this year when they played up in Toronto, if you remember that. And I remember watching it, and I was kind of thinking along your lines, like, it was a bad play, and he kind of, like, took his chin straight off, and he had his head down, and he was walking. And I, I felt that way. And then, like, a week later on, on uh, NFL Channel, they actually started playing the stuff. And the, right at that moment, what he was saying, he was, like, make, making fun of himself when he was coming off the – Coming off the sidelines, it, it was it was actually really funny. So I, I am no longer thinking the same way you are because I used to think that way. And after watching him and what he was saying to his teammates, like one like a play later, he beat somebody to the sidelines, and somebody's like, "Did you see that speed? That's like Bo Jackson back in the '80s." <laughs> you know, and he was totally deadpan when he said it, and he's uh-huh. like, and, and then then he was like, and then he slid and avoided the hit. He's like, "I used to play baseball." <laughs> Okay, and yeah. it was funny. It's like his teammates were laughing, and he was totally deadpan, didn't change his. Mm-hmm. And, and and by the way, this is also a guy. He can't, one thing that everybody forgot about it 
this guy is the type of guy that has to go inject himself in the middle of games because he's playing with diabetes, so that he can't true. that big of a yep. of a puss. Yep. Okay. No, no, again, I'm not questioning the guy's toughness, and he may have a sense of humor. You're right about that. I think the reminder that the guy is out there playing with diabetes, no small feat, was a a very uh, good reminder. Brought us all back down to earth a little bit on the attitude of, of Jay Cutler, no question about it. But uh, I'm still not going to go fully with you. I still have some issues there. But tired of talking about that, and I think most people okay. are. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy yep. to move on, Coach. Yep. 888-463-6748. If you don't want to move on, if you want to stay stuck in the mud and talk a little bit about Jay Cutler and the medial collateral ligament injury that he did suffer, feel free to give us a call. Big Doug, have you uh, ever had your collateral ligament medially, medially separated? You know what, Coach? Luckily, all the years of football that I played, the only thing, only knee injury I ever had was I hyperextended my left knee. Well, actually, yeah. I didn't do it. Our center, while I was playing tight end, <laughs> I was hook blocking Brad Delphi yeah. in the Aurora game. Our center got beat so bad as I was hook blocking the guy, he was laying on the ground and drilled my outside knee. Uh-huh. And it was funny because that was the first time I'd ever hurt my knee. I didn't know what happened. It was bent backwards. And I, I kind of flipped on them. We were running a 90 pass on the next play. Okay. 90 pass is basically you just step into the guy and it's a quick one, two, three stop, get away with it. And the, the guy across from me, Brad Delphi, he used to follow me on every play. He was a strong side linebacker. He's like, are you all right, Joel? I'm like, I think I messed my knee up. And I'm like, Hey, it's a 90 pass. I'm just going to hit you in the chest. And he's like, okay. And he didn't even like, we didn't even like, we, it was weird. It was, I had played against this guy every play for three years, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, um, that was the first time I, I there was that was at the end of the game. There was only six plays left, so I, I went to the sidelines and I was. Uh, I was told you I, I played all but seven plays when I was in college. I was six of them was in that game. Was this so, teammate your fine center? Was he uh, still invited to your um, wedding back in the day, where many of your football teammates were there, or was he on the no invite list? No, no. Steve Murray was. I, I would have coach. Okay. I, I definitely would have because he would have brought enough Keystone Light for everybody. <laughs> Oh, goodness. You, you wouldn't have had to have that cash bar, which I thought, by the way, was in poor taste. Uh, come on, Coach. Don't make me look that bad. You can say <laughs> stuff, but you can say you can make up stuff that I wasn't that good at stuff, mm-hmm. but don't ever All act right. like I had a cash bar, All right. ever. NFL All-Pro team is out there, Big Dog. Let's go over that real quick. Uh, oh, this, this is, is not good. the AFC team, the NFC team. This is the All-Pro team. Your quarterback is Tom Brady. Who do you think your first two running backs are? Uh Okay, well, now I just, let me ask you, are they going fullback, running back, or are they just going two running backs? Running back, running back, and then a fullback. So you got two RBs and then uh, the blocking back. Okay, well, Arian Foster Bing! Is, is definitely number one. Now, for the other running back, there, there, that's, you can go to a bunch of different places. Um, oh, I, I, I hate that that air time because I just want to make sure I get this one right. Um is it Adrian Peterson, Coach? A lot of people enjoy our dead air time, by the way. There they go, Adrian Peterson. Adrian they... Peterson's second team. Michael DeBerner Turner, second team. Okay. Uh... Uh, hint number one, 90% of football fans, 80% of football fans never heard of this guy before the start of the year. Oh, oh, uh. Oh, what is it? Who is it, Coach? Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, Jamal Charles, yeah. and he absolutely deserved it. He averaged six point three eight yards per carry mm-hmm. this year, and that, that, without question, Coach, he deserved to be first team All Pro. Absolutely, See, I should have got that right. Got yeah. two running backs that came out of nowhere uh, to become the first team running backs: Arian Foster, Jamal Charles, Bonta Leach is the uh, fullback on the team. Okay, yeah, 
Jason Witten is the tight end. You got uh, Roddy White and Reggie Wayne, your two wide receivers. Wow, Reggie Wayne. Okay, I, I, Roddy White definitely belonged there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Jason Witten belonged to be deserved to be the tight end, uh, but then again, the the best tight end of football was out most of the season, uh, mm-hmm. the, the second half. So, yep. Antonio Gates, second team there. University of Illinois, very own, by the way, Brandon Lloyd. Brandon Lloyd, another guy that uh, the University of Illinois did not use enough, but uh, he makes second team. All pro, wide receiver, pretty impressive for the kid. Yeah, Coach, I'm a diehard Illinois fan, and I'm going to tell you something. When Brandon Lloyd was at Illinois, uh, when they played Northern, he would have 250 yards passing when they were receiving, and then they would play Michigan, and he would have one catch, and he would totally get shut down. Mm-hmm. They, they tried to use him fine. He was not that good at Illinois. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know, and all of his game, big games this year, the, the Broncos lost. I, I That's one of the softest receivers that have ever led the NFL in receiving, Coach. <laughs> okay, because he averaged, what, about nine, ten catches a game? Well, I don't know if it was that much because uh-huh. he would have set the, broke the record if he averaged nine or ten catches a game. Okay. He did lead the NFL in receiving yards, Coach, with like like 1,400. Mm-hmm. So it's which is bad. pretty good. He, he, had about, he had about 100 catches, which would be about six a game, which is yeah. awesome. Got Kyle Orton slash Tim Tebow throwing the ball to you. That's not too bad at all. Chicago Bears-wise, Brian Urlacher. Second team, not first team, Julius Peppers, who they paid millions and millions of dollars to in the offseason as a free agent. Uh, he makes first team. All-pro at defensive end. He he deserved it, Coach. He Mm -hmm. is a guy that put up really, really good numbers, yet was the focus of a defense. It's difficult for – like defensive numbers are a little bit difficult. you you kind of got to figure out the numbers and their scheme and how you sit in there. Like Israel Adonijah had the same numbers as Julius Peppers, and we all know he did not have the same effect on a game plan as Julius Peppers did. So. Mm -hmm. All right, all-pro team is out there, and, of course, uh, next weekend is going to be the All-Star game, the game that nobody will be watching. By the way, Chicago Bears, Lance Briggs, and Brian Urlacher both uh, quietly, quietly excuse themselves from that particular game. Um, Big Dog, I know you. What, what do you call All-Star weekend? That's uh, for, for betters out there. What is it, get, well, well, get even weekend? It used weekend? to be uh, back in the day when I, when I used to legitimately put – and the twenty thousand dollars worth of bets every single weekend. Now, uh, the Pro Bowl was after the Super Bowl, and we used to call it Get Even Day. Okay. So next thing you know, like you know, you know, you're down six hundred and fifty bucks for mm-hmm. the year. You know, you, you risk seven hundred bucks on the on the on the Pro Bowl, yeah. which would be a little strange for you know, some people. Uh, you're up eleven hundred. Hey, I'll just risk a thousand. I'm just going to bet. Every, you know, next thing you know, you're watching the Pro Bowl, and and you're seeing you know Peyton Manning, you know, throw to you know <laughs> like the. I don't know, sort of Louis Lips, and you're really into it. <laughs> uh, for some people, it's called Get Even Day after the game. For the other half of the people, it's called I Disappear for Two Months Day. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you on that, Coach. <laughs> Been there, done that, huh? All right, 888-463-6748. I want to get the State of the Union, spill sports guys, talk politics coming up. That's ha- happening tonight. we got to get into some college basketball, too, big dog. Real quick, before the break, a big game coming up today, Purdue traveling to Columbus, taking on Ohio State last night. I don't know if you heard or not, but Pittsburgh, number two team in the country, gets knocked off by the fighting Irish. Notre yeah. Dame, big ups, and the game was at? Pittsburgh. So uh, college basketball heating up. I've already got my March Madness bracket set. I've got the field of 64 done, and uh, I'm pretty much all. i got the next two months to relax because i got my brackets all set. Yeah, the, the, the last time that I was more interested in uh, – you know, I love college basketball, but the last time I was more interested in, like, Big East basketball than I was 
know who was playing in the Super Bowl was never. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's awful difficult. Now, if you're going to be a Big East basketball fan, uh, if you're going to hop on board for the first time, this is a good year to do it. It's so, a really good so, conference. What's his name? Ryan Hansborough, Tyler's little brother? Uh, ben. Ben Hansborough, getting it done yesterday. Pittsburgh is the toughest place in college basketball to win at mathematically. Mm-hmm. It's the toughest place as opposed to when they figure out how a team plays them. I don't know. The, the way they broke it down, Pittsburgh is the toughest place in America to win at. And and Notre Dame went in there yesterday, and they and they won. So it was an awful good game for them. Purdue uh, over the weekend knocked off Michigan State. That was a big win for them. The Boilermakers just rolling. Matt Painter uh, doing a great job there. Another game, uh, actually, that I just watched the final five minutes of. I watched the entire game. It took me like two days to watch it, even though this is how good the game was, Big Dog, talking about Ohio State, Illinois. Even though I knew the result, I still watched that game from start to finish via my DVR machine. Great atmosphere, good stuff. Boy, I'll tell you what, though. And Ohio State obviously beat Illinois. Ohio State, they are really, really good. It's going to take a hell of a team to beat them. Yeah, they they have exactly what you want in order to to win a national title. They've yep. got a bunch of senior leadership. They got you know size on the bench. Mm-hmm. They got guys that can handle the ball. They've got the best player in the country. He's totally unselfish. You know, they've got and, and they've got a coach at calm, cool, and collected at mm-hmm. all times in Thad Mata. So. And very intense. Mm-hmm. I mean, Thad yeah. Mata, he's, he's all business during the game. He is fairly cool. He doesn't shout that much. But, boy, you can just see the guy is a competitor. That guy yeah. is just, a, you know, from, from every depth of his inner organs and every ounce of his bones, he is just a competitor. You can tell he really fights to win. And, boy, you talk about Jared Sellinger, who's the uh, freshman of the year, if not the player of the year. They got the shooter in John Diebler. They got the uh, great playmaker and distributor and defender in David Lighty. They got the complimentary shooter in William Buford. They got the whole packet and a phenomenal freshman too, big dog in this kid Aaron Croft. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a, that's a, you're exactly right. That kid can play. Looks like he's about 13 years old. He's got the the rosy cheeks, mm-hmm. the little crook. It looks like a little kid. And I think uh, Thad Mata said he's got as quick a feet laterally defensively as any player they've ever coached. And uh, He's had some good ones at Ohio State. That's quite a compliment. They've got the big white stiff on the bench. That was a three-year starter in his senior year. He's on the bench, you know, so mm-hmm. pretty Lauderdale. Yeah, he, he's, he's a big white stiff, except he's, he's black. Yeah. But he does play like a big white stiff. <laughs> Nothing worse than a black guy who plays like a big white stiff. But that is the aptly named Priest Lauderdale. Thank you very much. Uh, our Ohio State-Purdue tonight, make a prediction. It's at Columbus. Um, I got to tell you something. Juwan Johnson is, is awesome. awesome, and this is basically the Big Ten Player of the Year. Not will be decided tonight. And if Ohio State wins this, they're not, I'm not going to say cruise, but they're winning the Big Ten the title. I can't imagine them anybody beat, being three games better than them the rest of the year if they win this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I am I am going to go with the Buckeyes tonight and getting the W at Columbus. All right. We should mention, by the way, speaking of home teams over the weekend, Kansas never loses at, uh, what's it called, Allen Fieldhouse? Yes. And they got beaten by Rick Barnes in Texas, a rare, I think it had been, what, 69 games? I believe that's right, yeah, 69 games. Home game winning streak, so credit the Texas Longhorns for a huge upset. Kansas getting beaten at home, Big Doug, that just does not happen. Yeah, one of of Kansas' players' sister died this week. Uh Uh-oh. And the Kansas players came out. They were up 18-3 to in the first two minutes, Coach. They came out fired up. And I, I don't know what happened, 
But then after that, Texas dominated the rest of the game because they they were down 15 two minutes into the game. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, at halftime, they were down 10. You know, so it was that was a, that's a huge, huge swing. And yeah, those players got to feel horrible after blowing a lead. And you know, they come out playing. Hey, your yep. sister died. We're going to play our butts off for you. Yep. And then maybe, next thing you know, they lose. So maybe that, a case where they they tried too hard. That could happen. That yeah, definitely could you happen. Get, Everything's going great for them, and all of a sudden they're totally exhausted. Yep. 19, 20, 21 year old kids. That can be a big draw. I was not aware of that particular. Uh, uh, fact. Thank you for bringing that up. And, and real quick, as we head to a break here, when we come back, we'll talk a little State of the Union. Folks, sports guys talk politics. Truly a segment you don't want to miss. we got to go over a little Australian Open. Big Dog is going to pick the winners of some of the quarterfinals matches. And Radvanska. God bless you. Um, but real quick, tomorrow, just to finish off the college basketball thought, uh, put it in your the, the little background, Big Dog. Make a note. You got San Diego State taking on Brigham Young. It's going to be on national TV. These two teams have come out of nowhere. They're both top, what, top six, top seven teams. Great yeah. matchup tomorrow. I know you're looking forward to it. Uh, Jimmer Verdette versus Steve Fisher's boys. And Steve Fisher's got eight players that are quality, yep. quality. Uh, yeah. I, I can't imagine the Aztecs losing that game. Coach. No movies with Moon Lee tomorrow night, Big Dog. Keep that Wednesday slate open. I need your analysis of Brigham Young and San Diego State. Got you, Coach. Thank you very much. We'll take a quick break. David Olson, our producer. You are listening to the TalkZone.com. Two guys in a mic show. We'll be back in about 38.5 seconds. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone and the big dog joel radwanski on talkzone.com welcome back talkzone.com big dog and a coach at your soybeans up until uh, 11 o'clock and uh you want to join us on a more personal nature, you're more than welcome to. Phone lines open, 888-463-6748. Big dog, before you break down Agnes uh, Kutsanova and the rest of the uh, females in the Australian Open quarterfinals, we should mention real quick, we're not going to preview Pittsburgh and the Jets, but or Pittsburgh and the Packers, but we should throw some kudos out to a local kid who starred in the game, Rashard Mendenhall, the running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, who will be playing in the Super Bowl. And I mention it because I know you watched him play in high school. And he uh, he grew up, played his high school football about 10 minutes from the studio. The local kid made good. Let's throw some kudos out to Rashard Mendenhall. Yeah, and, and think about this. If Maine West is sending NFL players, I mean like... Niles. Niles West. Uh, coach, Niles West sending somebody to the to the NFL is like Simeon sending somebody to the NHL. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah, the uh, Olympic swimmer from Proviso West. You just don't hear stuff like this. Yeah. Okay. Really? 
So it, it's a, it's actually a really, really yeah. cool story. The Niles West, uh, it's not like it's a football factory at Niles West. No. They're, no. They're... His, his, uh, his offensive line, the, uh, the, the first names were Jaime, Roberto, <laughs> John, and, uh, and David. I think there was a Josh in there too. Oh, okay. Was there? Okay. Yeah. Yep. Not exactly what you would typically think is going to be opening up holes for somebody. Yep. By the way, I got I found an African American player with uh, arguably the most Jewish name I've ever heard, Evanston Star Forward, and he is African American, but his name is Clark Rosenberg. Gotta love no that. No way. Clark Rosenberg. The kid's good, by the way. Got a chance of playing some college basketball, but he is uh, he's black. Is he, is he adopted? Because uh. Uh, uh, the nurse, she worked for somebody that was African American, mm-hmm. and and Jewish family had adopted her, mm-hmm. and it was one of the nicest per- people you ever meet in your entire life. So. Okay, I haven't checked into the uh, family background of a Clark Rosenberg. We'll have one of our interns as soon as we hire an intern. Uh, make sure we do that and find out. But uh, more importantly, Rashard Mendenhall, local kid, and boy, he he came in out of the University of Illinois, big dog. He had some believers. Some said he would never make it in the NFL. It took him a few years, but he is a flat. Out star, awfully good, particularly uh, last Sunday for the Steeler. Yeah, you say it took him a few years, but I mean, he got hurt his first year. His second year, he ran for twelve hundred yards. His second year, his third year, he ran for twelve hundred yards. So uh, I'd have to say he's pretty dang good. And you know, uh, that kid is just a truckload coach. And it, don't tell me about how many yards you ran for. Tell me how many first down and touchdowns you got during mm-hmm. a game. And, and that's what he's about. When it's third and two. They don't want nobody wants to tackle or start men in Hall Third and two, he's two hundred and forty-five pounds of pure muscle. <laughs> I and, and it is pure muscle. I remember seeing him. He played high school basketball. Uh huh. I remember seeing this kid in a in a tank top basketball uniform. Wow. You talk about as you said, pure muscle and, and solid. I mean, he he would drive the paint, and it would be like the Red Sea parting because nobody wanted to even get in the way of the guy. <laughs> of course, he couldn't make a layup. It was brick after brick. But man. Talk about a man among boys back at the time, and now in the NFL, he's a man among boys. He really is, Coach. Yeah, yeah that's. Uh, I thought that was a steal when he went that year. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the, the Cowboys drafted Felix Jones ahead of Rashard Mendenhall. Not bad. If you remember when we did the show that day? I was like, you know, uh, Jerry Jones thinks he's all cute taking an Arkansas player, blah blah blah. I was like, he's going to pay for that. And look, I think the Cowboys could have used Rashard Mendenhall the last couple of years. Nothing wrong with Felix Jones either. He's turned into a decent NFL running back. Yeah, yeah. Well, how many? He's probably been. No, he isn't, coach. He's mm-hmm. nowhere near Mendenhall, coach. All right, very nowhere quick, near. very quick. Let's move along. The 99th, but hard to believe. One of the great sporting events, uh, and certainly in the tennis world, the Australian Open. The 99th next year, we got to do something special for the 100th anniversary of the Australian Open. But let's go down there. It's a thought. David Olson, our producer, gives him a solid uh, 354 days to plan for it, but I'd be up for that. I've always wanted to visit yeah. Australia. You, no, me, and me. Agnes. Are, one of the final eight, by the way, is, is part of your family, the Rad- Radwanska. Yeah, heck yeah, she's taking on Kim Kleister's. Yes. And I think as we speak, it's pretty soon. Yeah, actually. got that so. match going on. How about uh, Petrina Katova against Vera Zavonareva? Who's going to win that one? I want to have to go with the Ovas, Coach. I love Ovas. Well, they're both Ovas, aren't they? Oh, no, you got a Neva against an Ova. You're going with the Ova? I'm going with the Ova. I'll take right. the Ova and the Ova. <laughs> How about uh, Caroline Wozniacki, who is the number three seed, 
taking on Francisca Chavione. I'll have to go with uh, Wozniacki, coach. Okay. Because I, I did. Uh, I, I grew up. Uh, you know, I grew up in in Garfield Ridge, mm-hmm. in the in the city of Chicago. Yep. Now Garfield Park people, Garfield Ridge. There's a little bit of a difference. And uh, <laughs> I got. I got to tell you, I know a bunch of Wozniakis. So. Okay. The last thing you want to do is go against them, coach. Yeah, I would, I would say in a tough situation when all things are equal, bet on a Wozniacki. I think you're right based on past experience. Yeah. All right. How about Lena? I love that. Two letters in her first name, two letters in her last name. Show me another name with only four first and last name, four letters combined. Lee Na taking on Andrea Petrovic in a quarterfinal matchup. Actually, you know what? She already won that matchup. She beat Andrea Petrova. Petrova. Yeah, I'm going to go with her all the way to the finals. And, and by the way, Coach, You're taking Lee Na for the distance? Yeah, all the way until she plays Redwanska. Shocking. Oh, yeah, yeah that uh, would be your ultimate match. Yes, I'd have to go with the, the family member over the tiny little Asian girl. Uh-huh. So, but, you know, but you you, you think that's strange, Lena? Yep. Who has who has four letters in her whole name? This yep. is no joke. Girl in high school that I that I knew very well. Uh, her name was Gayin. Who? Okay, Gayin. Why? No, there was no Y's in the name, Coach. <laughs> it was G H. Her first name Gay, and her last name Ing N G. Wow. She had four letters in her name, and none were vowels. <laughs> and she was in your high school class. Yes, yeah, she was. Yes, yeah, she was. And uh, she grew up to be a very nice-looking young lady. So, dating. Uh-huh. All right. I bet she was. The, every time they called the uh, in alphabetical order, she had to go to the front of the class, the middle of the class, and the back of the class. Oh yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, there um, are some strange names out there, Coach. I will tell you this, and all kidding aside here in the Australian Open, and I'm not a big tennis guy, big dog. It's not the first thing I watch on TV. But I, the last couple of days, just flipping around channels, I did watch a little bit of the action. And you forget, yeah, yesterday, last night, I'm watching Roger Federer play this guy. And I forget uh, the guy's name. This, the, the dude he's playing was really, really good. And it, big dog, it is amazing how good these guys are. Federer, it's just, you, you have to watch him. He's an un believable athlete how hard they hit it their athleticism and uh, the power in the men's game it really is tremendous again this is coming from a non-tennis fan i was uh reminded of how good athletes and how uh, how good their tennis game is i would have to take your word for it coach and i i will try to watch a i'll try to watch uh, an actual match mm-hmm. during the, the australian open yeah he was playing one. i think it was stancelo warinka and uh-huh. I don't know much about uh, Stancilo Warinka, but I could tell my, my athletic instincts were telling me Stancilo was on his game. He was hitting his best shots and his best serves, and Federer was, like, returning everything and putting kills away from other shots from Stancilo that would be kills. And the look on Stancilo's face and some of the fans, I think they showed his coach in the stands, too, is one of those deals, Big Dog, where you're playing your best, and the guy opposite you is a phenomenal player, and he's at his best, too. You just shake your head. There's nothing you could do. It's pretty good stuff. Check it out if you get a chance, will you? Is Federer 30 yet? I mean, he's been around a long time, Coach. I mean, what an amazing career yeah. that guy has yeah. had. He's going for his fifth Australian Open. I don't know how many majors he's got. Rafael Nadal, I think, is the number one seed now. Federer dropped to number two, but he's just uh, sensational to watch. That's all I can say. Again, coming from someone who's not a tennis fan. Well, I mean, I understand why Nadell has, has passed on Federer, but you think about Federer's career, my God, he was number one for what, seven yep. or eight years at least, Coach. He yep. was number one. Yep. Federer. All 
All right, Big Dog, next uh, topic in order of significance. It's a tough call. I'll let you make the call. Uh, we got SoxFest, quick review, or we have the State of the Union addressed by Barack Obama. You make the call. You'd probably want me to go with uh, SoxFest, Coach. Not really. You make the call. We'll go with SoxFest, Coach. Okay. Ahead of the State of the Union. Yes. So here we have Barack Obama. As we're winding down to 14 minutes of the show, about to make one of his biggest speeches, Republicans and Democrats together, the State of the Union, once a year, where our top politicians get together and possibly dictate the future of our nation. And you have chosen to discuss SoxFest over that. Well, Kenny Williams made his State of the Union <laughs> White Sox speech, didn't he? Uh, you're more concerned about who the Sox bullpen stopper is going to be than what happens... Uh, I don't future. know about that. The, the, the bullpens in both sides of town this year, on paper, very, very good. But you know what can happen with paper, Coach? It can be set on fire very quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, the Cubs, it's a little more than on paper. With the Cubs, you've got a proven guy in Carlos Marmont. And you got a yeah. proven set-up guy in Sean Marshall. With the White Sox, it's a little more paper-esque. I don't know. The, the, the White Sox have a pretty decent pen this year. And I agree, the, the Cubs pen... Is definitely more proven. Now, you can't yep. even argue that. It's good yep. to see the Cubs fan as many good players as they had there. But it's uh, the problem it's, with the Cubs like, pen is they might never be. In order to use your stopper and your setup guy, you need to be leading. Yeah, Mike Quad is going to be coming in the middle of the, of the second <laughs> inning doing a double switch. <laughs> hey, we've lost 18 games in a row. I haven't been able to use these guys. We got a lead in the second inning. I'm going with Marshall and Marmel now. <laughs> Oh, good. I'm looking forward. This this could be our year, Big Dog. I have a good feeling. Oh, don't even get me. Please, please. You know, you know what? I, I'm going to be like the Bears fans this year because, like, I was trying to tell all the Bears fans how this is a real good team. Mm-hmm. Well, then believe me. A lot of people have been telling me, Joel, this is a good Cup team. Well, you know what? I don't believe you. <laughs> and hopefully, hopefully in August, I'm going to be uh, mm-hmm. gladly saying I was wrong. I was wrong. But, no, I, the, the, the coach – the, like the best I can see this season happening, the best I see it happening is they eke out their way and win the Central Division, and then they get swept by the Giants for the Phillies in the first round of the playoffs. I mean, that's the best I can. Well, they're going to win a division, and then all of a sudden they got to go against Oswald, Halliday, Hamels, and Lee. Come on, Come on. whatever. I, I don't. I, Twenty-five I don't days, negative, my friend. Coach. I don't 20, want to be too negative. Twenty-five days till pitchers. And catchers report. So that's, pitchers that, and catchers report. So at least, at least I'll know I'll be, I'll be able to watch the World Series this year because I don't have any aspirations of the Cubs playing in it. So it's mm-hmm. not like I'm going to like the Super Bowl. I'm not even don't even want to even want to think about watching the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. yeah. Very so, quickly, by the way, I think David Olson did card up. I believe we had the highlights from the 2011 Sox Fest convention this past weekend, Big Dog. Okay. We got it carded up, and here are, ladies and gentlemen, the highlights. Of one of the great traditions in Chicago sports, the 2011 SoxFest held last weekend. That was it, Big Dog. That yeah. was not a technical problem. That was the actual highlights. You know, the Sox, they got to the, the, play in their fest a little bit better. Because the last two times the Bears have played in the NFC Championship game, the Sox have had their fest on that particular weekend. Yep. They need to have it the, the weekend of the Pro Bowl or something like that. That's that's, that's when you got to have it. Might want to do a little foresight and planning. I know you set that date in advance, but I would absolutely agree. By the way, the one thing that did come out of that, Ozzie Guillen, 
uh, was signed on for yet another year. So the odd relationship of Kenny Williams and Ozzie Guillen will continue through 2012. Now, I find that a little strange to give him the extension now because Mm -hmm. the guy, you almost kind of want to be able to get rid of him. But then again, I guess maybe you sign him. You don't have to answer the question a million times, are you going to bring him back next year? It's like that fine line. Or if you're if you're Kenny Williams and Jerry Reinsdorf, what do you want to do with them? So. All right. Now that we've covered SoxFest, uh, let's quickly move on to tonight. I believe it's a seven o'clock tip-off, eight o'clock Central time, seven or eight o'clock East, seven o'clock Central, five o'clock West, and again in Afghanistan, I think it'll be uh, two o'clock in the morning. The State of the Union address, big dog, Barack Obama, giving your State of the Union address. So one new thing this year. I don't know if you read or not, but apparently at least some of the Republicans and Democrats in a show of unity will be sitting together. So it's not going to be Republicans in one area, at least totally, and Democrats in another area. They're actually calling it like dates. Republican is asking a Democrat, a Democrat is asking a Republican. Together they get together and they're going to sit together. Some of the Repubs and Dems sitting together, I think that's a nice show of unity. Your thought? You know, I just want to like. Which I wonder if like Barney Frank sent somebody like a Valentine's card and who he's gonna who he has to sit with him. Huh? Who do you think Barney Frank has to sit with him? Who's Barney Fife? Frank, Barney Frank. You know who Barney Frank is, coach? Oh, oh, Barney Frank. I thought you were giving me an Andy Griffith reference and someone Barney Frank. Okay, sorry, sorry, I did not did not get that. Um. I think Barney Frank's got plenty of people to sit next to, quite frankly. Yeah, this because you never know. You know, it's a, at least he's out. You know, you find out all these. You know, typically you find out about like these yep. politicians, and yep. you know they they bash gay people, and then you find them in an airport in mm-hmm. a in a you know in, inside of a, a stall with another man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like, I, I just wonder maybe that he's going to out somebody today. Mm-hmm. Remember, just as a friendly reminder, Big Doug, don't take the middle stall, spread your feet too wide, and tap your right foot by mistake. Coach, I did that once. You want to talk about it? No, I really don't, Coach. Okay. All right, we're... I'm a really fast man, but inside a stall, he doesn't mean a thing. <laughs> you need your space, huh? Yeah, you do. You do. <laughs> wide stance, Big Doug. That's what it's all about. Better for balance. <laughs> and a few other things, too. Jobs, economy... The health care program, Afghanistan, uh, the the rising fear in Iran. You got China, diplomatic relationships with China. You got Israel, Palestine. You got gun control locally. All kinds of issues, big dog. Any that you in particular would like to see Barack Obama address tonight? Uh, just eliminate all taxes. Eliminate who? All taxes. Eliminate all, all of them for everyone. So we can create some jobs in this country. That's about it. So jobs is number one for you? Yeah. Okay. All right. Not a problem with health, everything okay with health care as far as you're concerned? Uh, no. We, we can go on and on and on about this. You know what? It, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I really I just think people should be, you know have to pay for their own health care, okay? And I, I don't think we should have people who uh, – our government paying for people's drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's, it's pretty sad. Like our government's paying for people's drugs. They pay for some. They don't pay for others. But then again, the same drugs cost more here than they do in Canada. It's such a – It's such a. I mean, what are we going to do, solve the world's problems in the next eight minutes on this show, Coach? Mm-hmm. That's possible. We've already covered uh, Soxfest. 
We've got our college basketball preview out. We said we don't want to talk about the uh, Packers Steelers Super Bowl just yet, so I figure we got four minutes left. We got nothing else to do but try to solve some of the world's problems. Okay, coach. Yeah, maybe we can cut through it now. Uh, Sam the skeptic has emailed in, Big Dog. Sam the skeptic wants to, wants to know. Ask Big Dog. We all want jobs to get better. What specifically does he want Barack? Obama to do to create I've more already, jobs. I already said it, Coach. Specifically, eliminate all taxes. All taxes. All the government does is basically collect money and then and distribute it back out to, to themselves somehow. We mm-hmm. could have just as beautiful of a country if we, none of us were paying, paying income tax right now. Okay. And we'd also be able to, we'd have people, uh, business owners, reinvesting the money into their business, into employees, instead of going right directly to the government, who basically decides to do whatever the heck they want with it. Uh, it, It's really disgusting, Coach. We spend way, 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 way too much money on taxes. You know, the most prosperous times in this country with the the least amount of poverty is when we had uh, the lowest taxes. Okay. Big Dog Joel Rodwanski giving a specific, we're not sure if it's accurate, but a specific response to it. We're talking now about how, how, like, there's no jobs in Illinois, there's so much, the, the poverty level in Illinois is the highest it's been since the 1930s. Well, we're being taxed higher than we ever have been in the state of Illinois. You know, there's, you know, I tried to start a business in December. The amount of money that I had to come up with just to pay the state of Illinois in mm-hmm. order to do it, I was like, why should I even start a business? Because if it's successful, I'll be screwed anyways. You know, it's, it's ridiculous. Shouldn't you try to encourage people to to uh, create wealth and, and, and make money instead of penalize people for even trying to start a business, and if you make money. So, I mean, uh, we like our whole idea that we were trying to do is that we're like, you know, we'll be able to hire like five to ten people within like four or five months. We couldn't come up with like the, the thousands of dollars in, to pay for licensing to the state of Illinois and to uh, the city of Chicago mm-hmm. to get a license to do it. I don't know. It's, it's, it's really frustrating, Coach. A frustrated big dog, Joe Rodwanski, joining us. State of the Union tonight, the third for Barack uh, Obama. He'll be making the uh, appearance tonight. David Olson, a lot of people say, David, our political uh, pundit, political expert. A lot of people say State of the Union is just for show. Others say it's an indicator of what we're going to see in the year uh, coming ahead, that there is some meat and potatoes in it. You as a political fan, do you listen to it with some skepticism, or uh, do you sit down with a fork and knife and at least taste some of the meat and potatoes? I'm not going to listen to it at all. I'm just what? going to do the recap. Well, I mean, oh, okay. it's it is, yeah. It kind of lays out the agenda for the next year and everything like that. And this one is particularly important with the Republicans uh, taking yep. control of the House and everything. Does that so, mean John Boehner will be sitting behind Barack? He will. Wow. He will. That might be worth the price of admission mm-hmm. alone, Big Dog. You know, I, I, I like your perspective, Dave. You know what they should do is. You know, I've always, always asked me the day after the NFL draft, well, what do you think of the draft? Ask me in three years. I mean, why am I supposed to break down the draft? You know, I can give you the 07 draft right now. Taking Felix Jones ahead of Richard Mendenhall, bad drafting. So, <laughs> like, what we should do now is yesterday, they should have had a breakdown of the previous year's State of the Union dress, what, what was said by them and mm-hmm. what was done and what wasn't done on both sides, because you always have the people on both sides ripping the president or, or, or applauding the president. And then the next day you have your State of the Union dress. So I kind of would like to see it done that way. It's a good point. Break down the previous year's one. Maybe an yeah. hour before he comes on, they should break down some of his points from, uh, you know, the 2007, 2008. That's not bad. 
and see how many of the promises uh, have been broken, how many have not come through, and how many uh, have come through. His ratings, I will tell you this, Barack, uh, who dip, 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 is, is working his way back up. Job situation getting a little better. The economy getting a little bit better. People are feeling good. His speech that he gave, uh, very uniting. And, boy, say what you want about Barack. He can deliver a speech. And I don't just write that off as a little frilly thing. I think he, uh, at times, I find him very inspirational. His speech following the shootings in Arizona, I thought were right on. He gained some popularity there, big dog. And don't forget the elections, 2012, big dog, are right around the corner. As soon as March Madness is over, we'll talk about 2012. Yeah, well, that, that election will be right in the middle of uh, of after the Cubs are celebrating their world championship. Coach. Wow. Nice. 2012 is the year of the Cubs. 2011, I'm, I'm going to go to Wrigley Field and, and okay. try not to get kicked out. And just as a reminder, 2012 is also the year the Mayan calendar says that the world could end. Hopefully no, that. I, I, you go, I can go on and on about that. You know, I, yeah. I'm an optimist, Coach. Yeah. That's the end of the fifth cycle. That doesn't right. mean that the world's in it. Okay. But there, we do reach galactic alignment, yeah. which means that our the, 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 the But I think uh, if the world does end, according to the Mayans, it'll be in December. So that would give us at least two months to enjoy the Cub World Series prior to our lives ending. Absolutely, Coach. It's a good thought. All right. Thanks, Big Dog. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Talk to you later, guys. Beautiful. Big Dog and a Coach every... Uh, Monday through Friday, 10 to 11. Thank you so much for listening. TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic signing off. Have a great day, everybody.